This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, before we get the show started, Horse Radio Network for the first time has a wide selection of Horse Radio Network merchandise available for the holidays. Hats, saddle pads, masks, clothing, mugs, and so much more, either screen printed or embroidered. Get your orders in now for you or your HRN listening friends. Visit horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner on the homepage today. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening. I wish I was like could say, like, I'm on the beach in Aruba, but I'm not. I'm in Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 9th, episode 2576, brought to you today by State Line Tack. What am I supposed to say there, Glenn? Good morning, horse world. Yeah, I know. But you can't copy and paste something from a holiday. (laughs) It says I'm supposed to say, you guys, I have a script here. It says I'm supposed to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) It's not Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. (laughs) Hey, Santa, what's shaking, man? By the way, congratulate me this Christmas. I'm going for it. No antidepressants. Somebody ought to teach that little humbug some Christmas spirit. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. You know, we mentioned on Monday, or I think when Leslie was here, she mentioned that Liz Holiday Sharp has been named the 2020 World Equestrian Brands United States Eventing Association Rider of the Year. Do you realize that's the first female in 39 years? to be that's named crazy. Rider of the Year. And uh, that was back and That's in, just on point totals, right? On point totals, right. And of course, it was a shortened year, but she had a lot of success this year. I mean, she won almost everything this year and did very well. She's been building these horses for years. And, you know, she's an excellent rider anyway. Of course, if you recognize that name here in Horse Radio Network land, she was former host of the Eventing Radio Show. Uh, she now joins the ranks of five other women to be awarded as USEA Rider of the Year, but they were starting in 1960 to 1981, and then there were none after that. But what's really cool and what we didn't talk about on Monday was five out of the top 10 this year are female riders. One, number four, is a friend of yours. Tammy Smith, yeah, yeah friend. I, I rode with her when she was in Cal- when I was in Arizona and she was in California. She's come on the show a lot. She is delightful. And that black horse she has is just amazing. Uh, then we got Jenny Brannigan, Carolyn Martin, and Laurel Nick- Lara N- Nicholson came in in 10th place. So congrats, ladies. Way yeah, to go, girls. Job. Very well done. Power. So uh, congratulations to all of them. And that's always good to see. Uh, I did notice also on a personal note coming out of uh, the World Equestrian Center yesterday, there was a bunch of people were allowed in yesterday because they actually start shows on Saturday. They have a Western show coming in with 1,500 horses. Yeah. Uh, did you know, remember Jacob the Pony who lived with me forever? He was one of my lesson horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went, 
when we moved here, I realized it would be very dangerous for a pony to live on 20 acres of grass. So I found a place to lease him and they're leasing him up in uh, Edmond, uh, Oklahoma. And he lives at a pony uh, a POA pony farm where they teach lessons and they do all that. Jacob is heading down next week to the World Equestrian Center. Really? To show. For the show? Yeah, yeah. For the shows. Well, that's so really cool. Uh, well, we're going to go over there. Maybe I should find Jacob. You should find Jacob. And I want, I, they, they said he looks like a red dirt mud ball right now with a lot of hair. So I'm sure <laughs> I'll look for that horse. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and find <laughs> that one. But, but the videos coming up, a bunch of people took videos and posted them yesterday. The place is just amazing. I mean, just, it, it is amazing. So, Jennifer and I are going to try and get over there uh, next week and do some videos for the listeners and take a lot of pictures. Uh, but yeah, if you let me know who owns Jacob, maybe we'll try and track, track Jacob down while we're over well, there. Well, nobody, I still own him, but what it is, is that the owner who's leasing them, her friend was like, they ride all the time and they're going down to, to, to whack. And so they were like, can we, can we take Jacob? She was like, and me, <laughs> we all want to go. <laughs> so yeah, I'll let you know what he's showing in and all those things and keep you posted, but way to go, Jakey. We call him Jakey Poo. Very Where good. Go, well, coming up on today's show, we have an Aquaderma guest is TikTok sensation Emmy Sperondeo. Sperondeo? Steady Rain. Steady Rain is a half a million followers on TikTok. Uh, we also have Black Rain's guest, Brooke Waldron of Sprout and Maurice Cook of Serve Your City, going to be here talking about their programs. Plus, we have some horsey news and some weird news coming up on today's show. Can I tell you that um, I told Abby, because she does TikTok, I'm like, go yeah, look at this. Do you do TikTok? I don't do TikTok. No, no, because no, I don't. Uh, I don't. Th- my husband wouldn't let me. This is the Chinese are. That's why I'm old. Yeah. So, um, I said to Abby, I said, go look at this person on TikTok, and she was like, Oh my gosh, she has five hundred thousand followers, and I was like, So, like in TikTok world, is that a lot? She goes, Jamie, that's half a million. <laughs> I was like, I'm in case no you couldn't add, but I could figure that part out. <laughs> I do know they're the same thing. <laughs> it's half a million, duh. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, we're going to learn more about her and how she got to where she is and uh, what she does. She's kind of an adventurer, so that'll be kind of fun to chat with her today. We have a lot of good guests, but we have a lot of news coming up. Uh, some horsey news and some weird news. Let's start with Daily Winnie's. Only one birthday today, but it's an important one. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> one of our most loyal auditors and followers over the last 10 years, and she has been one of the most generous to every cause we've ever talked about here. Dr. Ellen's birthday today. Happy birthday, Dr. Happy Ellen. Happy birthday. She has been, and we so appreciate you, Dr. Ellen. And while I was sick, she kept checking in on me because she actually is a doctor. Uh, so, Dr. Ellen, we, we appreciate and we love you. So thank you for all your support all these years. Okay, Glenn, I'm going to give it to you, and I'll tell you why. Because in the years and years that we've been doing this podcast— I don't tell people what I do for a living. I figure somebody, if you don't know that I do a podcast, it's better because then I can talk about you in my podcast and then nobody knows. Well, to be fair, while you were competing, I didn't want you telling people 
what you did. <laughs> yeah, I was that girl you know, quite a bit. I, she would ask for me for a banner. One time you asked me for a banner for Horse Radio Network that you could hang while you were at horse shows. Did you ever get the banner? No, no. I never got a dang banner. <laughs> I never did because you were like, I don't want you to tell people what you do. Just please, just just do your thing and we'll talk about it later, okay? Um, so, yeah. So, now, Glenn, apparently, I have um, come around enough. Glenn sent me a Christmas gift and it is a license. It goes on my car and it surrounds your license plate. And what does it say, Glenn? It says, podcast host, horses in the morning. Now, I'm proud of you. You're like certified. <laughs> You're legitimate now. I'm not as embarrassed to be known, you know, associated with you. So it's good well, now. Now you can start well, advertising. How much we've grown. 10 years later, you finally will <laughs> let people say what I do for a living. <laughs> but Appreciate now, to be that. honest, if you had put podcast host on your car five years ago, people would have went, what's a podcast? You know, so now we at least don't have to fight that battle. I feel like I do need to say that I have been a podcast host for over 10 years on that thing because everybody's a podcast host now, Glenn. That's I, true. I, I, I'm not kidding. I start to look and everybody has done like at least three or four episodes yeah. before they realize You it's need hard. one that says real, legitimate, professional podcast host. I'm a That's professional what you professional podcaster. <laughs> right. yeah, you get paid, so you're professional <laughs> and have done over five episodes. So that, yeah. that counts. Yeah. Well, I, I, hope, I hope you've Thanks put it on one of your cars and enjoy it. Uh, now, I think I'll put it on the Ranger. Now, for the auditor's <laughs> benefit out there, this was not the gift that you recommended. That's on the way to her. And on the package, it says, please video while opening. So you'll know which one it is. What did y'all okay. do? All right. So we want to see that video then. I do need you to email me the the Geldat stuff because uh, my husband would like to have just the PDF of it. And I'm pretty sure he's going to make a wrap for my beetle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll email it. I have one that would work for that, actually. Okay. All right. Let's continue. We have a lot of news coming up. Uh, some horsey I news. I won't say I'm a podcast news. host, but I'll put a horse's yeah. butt on me talking yeah. about taking its balls off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, scheduled tomorrow, Mary and Jen will be here. And then we have an auditor Facebook live tonight, my monthly auditor meeting, which I wasn't able to have last couple months because of a sick, uh, and your co-host Joy's joining me tonight from retired resource radio. So we have some announcements to make and some things to chat about. So, uh, and maybe I'll give away a, a prize or two tonight. So join us tonight at seven 30 in the auditor room for a Facebook live. I'm not going to play the breaking news bumper for, because it would get old for all of my news. We'll start playing it for your weird news. Okay. Okay. Because it'll get old having it played 85 times. I have some horsey news, sort of. Um, first of all, did you know the giant pandas like to roll around in horse manure? Um, no, see, you posted this story on my show notes and I'm staring at it right now. And I did not know that this was a problem. Well, apparently, appara yeah, apparently chi the Chinese noticed in the wild that uh, pandas would roll in horse manure when they came across it. And they went, huh, I wonder if that's a thing. And then now, they what, when are giant pandas coming up across horse farms or I don't wild, know. are there wild horses Wild horses, in apparently, in China. I don't know. They're not wild horses. Oh, I'm going to Google that right yeah, now. Yeah, but they have a, they actually, it became such a thing talking about this and studying it that horse manure rolling, they, they have an abbreviation now. It's HMR has become the abbreviation for giant pandas who roll in horse manure. And they started studying it and they determined they've seen lots of cases where giant pandas were rolling in horse manure. So they They've tried to figure out why, and they, they just wouldn't roll in it. They would cover their entire bodies in it. 
It sounds like my dog. Like this is yes. no news story right here. <laughs> well, they kind of figured out why there were two uh, isolated chemicals in horse manure that are both aromatic and they dissipate quickly. So they isolated these chemicals, and then with pandas held in captive, they put these chemicals on hay in their enclosures, and they would do the same thing. They would roll around in it. Uh, so it wasn't manure at that point. It was just these chemicals. And they tested it in mice, and they also found that mice would roll around in it, and it, but it was only when they were cold. What they've determined is that these things kind of act like uh, uh, not a warming agent, but they give them the feeling of the warmth. It tingles their hair and skin and makes them feel warmer. And they they compared it to Vicks VapoRub. You know how you when you rub it on your skin, it makes you feel warm? Well, that's what they determined it was, is it takes this thing out of cold air, which is why they tried to get it all over their bodies. I, I I am I am racking my brain trying to come up with a joke. I couldn't either. <laughs> I tried to. I tried to. It's uh, like there's too many or not enough. I can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that's uh. So my takeaway from this is if you're ever in a place that you don't have enough cold weather clothing, but you have horse manure, just start rolling around. Apparently, it'll make you feel. You warmer. don't even need to roll around and just pick it up and rub it on your nose like there, Vicks. That's it on your face because it'll act like Vicks. Yep. Uh, also, second story here is uh, they studied hand injuries in Germany. And uh, number three on the list of sports that, and they looked at 42 different sports that cause hand injuries. And guess what's number three on the list? Horses. Uh, yes, horses are number three on the list for causing hand injuries. Cycling was number one, accounting for 28% of the hand injuries, followed by football. I thought you were going to say accounting. Available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, accounting causes hand injuries. Uh, football was number two, and I think they mean by that soccer and their v- vernacular. That was 18%, and equestrian That's sports weird, was 13%. But That's what true. they did find is guess what caused the most serious inju- injuries? Horses. And well, playing, I was going to say, yeah. is it different than horses? <laughs> yeah, horses caused the most serious injuries, requiring more hospitalizations and longer inpatient treatment and surgeries. So I, we proved once again uh, through a study that horses are dangerous uh, and that we get hurt a lot. Again, okay. we didn't need a study for that. Uh, also, the Paris Olympics were announced, and we're happy to announce and that horses will be included in the Paris Olympics. Remember, they were talking about eliminating horse sports altogether from the Olympics. But it has been announced that there will be 200 athlete horse combinations uh, in the usual jumping, dressage, and eventing uh, c- combination of six events, which will be teams and individual across the three disciplines. There'll be 75 horse athlete combinations for jumping, 65 for eventing and 60 for dressage. Do you know where it's being held? It's at the grounds in Versailles at King Louis Palace. Okay. So I think this now, is one we should go to this time. Yeah, I, I think we should. Um, I would like to also say that I'm, I'm, I, I saw this in the heels down brief this morning and I, it's from ESPN. So it must be legitimate. So I, I'm, I'm excited about jumping, dressage, venting, all those things. But what I'm really excited about and the reason I really feel like I need to go to the Olympics is breakdancing gets Olympic status <laughs> to debut at Paris Games in 2024. <laughs> I That's did, right. It seems like we heard about breakdancing years ago, but then it kind of went away. You don't hear about it much, or maybe I'm just too old. 
Breakdancing will be called breaking at the Olympics. It was proposed by Paris organizers. Should we have a sport called breaking? Maybe they'll stop saying they're breaking horses that way then. (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like the the wrong thing to call a sport is breaking. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, I thought breakdancing is past its time, but maybe it's still a thing. Maybe I'm just not in the right world. Shows you what I know. How is it? You know what? I'm not going to judge somebody else's sport that I don't know about because I'm sure people judge our sport all the time oh, and say the, the horses do all the work. work. So yeah. Yeah. you know what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to make no, the easy there. joke about <laughs> breakdancing being a sport because I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Now it's your turn. Not one person sent me a weird news story this week. Not one of you. I didn't either. And not, not, not nobody. And nobody saw this one. Okay. This has got to be the greatest animal story of all time. It happened in Prague, uh, Czechoslovakia. And uh, police are seeking help in an unusual case. After, <laughs> so these, these guys were out hunting and uh, they saw a deer. Uh, like a buck, right? And so they've got, they're like making their way towards the buck while their dog goes crazy and runs right at the deer. And the deer, because of, uh, so the deer runs in a, in a panic and ends up running at one of the hunters and runs right into him, bam, smacks him. And his antlers, get tangled up in the rifle, which was had like one of those straps on it. It was slung over the guy's mm-hmm. left arm and the deer hits the hunter and goes running off with his gun. <laughs> Took the hunter's gun. There's karma for you. <laughs> well, what's great is that the hunters searched and searched the forest for the gun. And man, can you imagine the awesome thing that happened when the hunter had to go to the police <laughs> and report, well, see, yeah, uh, the deer, it stole my gun. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to go and report it to the police that anybody who finds a weapon should contact authorities. Anybody who sees a deer running after them with a gun, that's what happened. <laughs> So great. Made me very happy. <laughs> I almost shot myself once when I went hunting. I only went hunting once or twice. I married into a hunting family, so it was like a requirement to become a husband in the hunting family. It's like when you first get together, you do stupid yes. stuff because you think you have to, much yeah. like singing a stupid song about sheath cleaning. You I know, never, I felt I, like I had to. I, never, like, oh, shot, I, I never shot a deer, but I was out hunting. I was. It was our own property. We had 100 acres. I was sitting in the woods with the gun, and uh, uh, I was alone. And all of a sudden, I hear this noise right behind me. I turn around, and there was a buck standing about two feet behind me. He snorted. <laughs> I jumped. Uh, a gun almost went off. Uh, scared to crap out of me he ran the other direction and uh i almost had a heart attack and that was that was pretty much the end of my hunting uh that was uh, yeah probably because they just didn't invite you anymore Uh, I was not very good at it. I did not hear the deer come up behind me, and I was probably f- had fallen asleep because it was five o'clock in the morning and freezing cold. And uh, yeah, I was not a very good hunter, and nor do I think I would have shot it anyway. But uh, I, it would have been point blank range because uh, he scared the crap out of me. 
Uh, so that was my hunting experience. <laughs> I don't want to do a full news story on it, but I mean, these monolith things, what's going on with these I, big giant I, structures? Oh, so is it alien? So let's talk about this for a minute. I've been wanting to talk about this with you. So they've appeared well, in what, six places, right? I do still want to talk about right? the nine pound goldfish that I found. So okay. but carry on. We're, but they've we'll, been we'll go this like first. in five or six places now. And okay, within a week. So Utah and Romania and California. And as of yesterday, one was found in El Paso, Texas. And they're all exactly alike, right? They're highly polished. They're obviously were made in advance because uh, you couldn't get them done in a week. I mean, these are pre-made. This was pre-thought out. They, I, they are coming down from the sky and implanting themselves into the <laughs> ground. I mean, is it... So if it it can't be one person, they couldn't get around that fast. So it's a group of people. I, I don't it's know. It's aliens, Glenn. Why are you fighting And it? why do they keep disappearing? And why don't we have not put game cams up to keep an eye on these things to see who's taking them? Oh, I know who keeps taking them. They keep get this, like the one in Utah, this group said they took it because you're supposed to leave no trays in a parking thing, in a, in a park. And so they said they took it, but I don't know where it is now. I'm pretty sure it went up into the sky onto Romania and then they took it down people in Romania and now it's in El Paso. So that's what keeps happening. Let's face it. It is a nice distraction from elections and COVID. It is kind of a fun distraction. So if it's aliens doing it, thank you. We appreciate your... We appreciate uh, it. Yeah, we Sorry. appreciate the distraction. I'm thank glad you that much. you came in 2020 because you realize you don't want to be here. That's right. Did you see there was an, Ara- an Israeli-renowned uh, astro-scientist or whatever they're called uh, who said that the Israelis have come in contact and have been communicating with a, uh interplanetary federation? So Star Wars is probably here. The ga- oh you know, God. the galaxy and all of that. It's here, I'm telling you. <laughs> Baby Yoda next. Well, I think there's a lot of this news that is news to me. Uh, we're going to go to South Carolina, to Greenville County. The Parks Department was doing a fish population survey in Oak Grove Lake Park. <laughs> that part was news to me that people do fish population surveys. How does one do that? Well, as they're doing a fish population fishy, survey. Fishy, fishy, One, two. <laughs> I know. One. Well, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Dang it, they moved. Hold on. Let me start over. It's like counting chickens. One, two, three, four, five. Dang it. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five. No. All right. So um, here's what happened is they... I, I just think this could have happened to me as a kid, you know, when you're like, I can't, I can't take care of my goldfish anymore. I'm going to set it free. And, you know, goldfish grow to the size of their tank. I just found a nine pound goldfish, legit goldfish while they were doing this fish population survey. That would not it, fit in my little tank. No, <laughs> it is ginormous. Think of a nine pound pound fish they've lifted it up they're holding it up it is giant it's huge and it's a goldfish it's got the little like things on it and the the fins are all flippy aroundy you know <laughs> so anyway i don't know I don't, i'm not a fish person per se but it's a giant goldfish and so guess what they did they, they put it back <laughs> at the advice of professionals we decided to leave the bachelor or bachelorette back where we found it. They told the news, obviously 
He's really happy here. It's been around a while. <laughs> yeah. No other goldfish were found during the survey. <laughs> I thought that was, I just thought it was really unique. All right. Your last one. One I'm more. So funny. Okay. Do you want to hear a story about the dog, the koala, or the anteater? Oh, anteater. I have to pick the anteater. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're going to head to China. A zoo in Taiwan. Uh, the anteater's the... rolling around in horse poop, too? No. no. Okay. No, it has nothing to do with horse poop. That was your story. <laughs> My story is that these guys are walking around, uh, and, and, and they're, these two guys were out hiking. Chinese guys were out hiking, and they had their cameras with them. And they were like, what is that animal over there? And they start taking pictures of taking all these pictures and they got home and they posted all of their pictures to social media and people are like, what animal is this? Well, spoiler alert, you already know it's an anteater and the anteater had escaped from the local zoo. <laughs> A zoo in Taiwan finally announced. They don't look like they could jump the fence too easy. Anteaters, they tiny little legs. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, they, it, he, this anteater with its baby, by the way, it like, it was like, honey, get your bags. We're out of here. It picked up its baby and was like, we're going home. And then it, the anteater climbed an electric fence, Glenn. At some point, there's some electricity in the fence and it just powered through it, man. Just powered <laughs> through it. Now, climbs the fence, drops down, loses the baby and keeps going. You'll be all right. Mom will be back in a few days. And then it just takes off as fast as anteaters can go, which I'm assuming is not very not fast. Very fast. It's gone for three months and they found it two miles away. <laughs> so two miles away from the zoo. Um, and it was uh, dehydrated and the, the baby anteater was captured the same day as the escape and baby anteaters doing fine. Uh, but yeah, the hikers that snap photos and, of a strange animal two miles from the zoo posted it. That's how they found it. So thank God these hikers were out there. They saved the life of the anteater. It's now been quarantined and it has some minor injuries and it's dehydrated, but it's going to be all better. Wow, what a day in the news. We've talked about the Olympics, horse poo, uh, pandas, oh, anteaters, koala too. fish. <laughs> I, this one just makes me want to move to Australia uh, because all these stories about Australia are like things that can kill you, you know, like the snake found in the baby's room, you know, that kind of thing. Well, this, this give me the new sound. Like, I'm going to give you one more. All right. Time. So this woman in Australia was like, you know, she's got her house decorated for Christmas. And this is, there's a photo of it. And it might be the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, she left her door open and she walked into the house and her Christmas tree with all the decorations and the, the beautiful uh, ornaments hanging and all that. And inside the tree, it doesn't look real. There's a koala bear that had walked into her house and this is the. Oh, I allergy. thought it came with the tree, and they didn't notice when they were putting the tree up. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought that was going to be like we cut the tree down, and we didn't notice there was a giant bear in it. No, this bear is—it's a smaller tree and a bigger koala. And so she walks in the house, and there's a little koala bear in her Christmas tree. No, I want a koala bear so much because it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, and um, they called a koala rescue, and they came out and they took the koala bear out and then returned it to the wild. However, I would like to say, I would be a volunteer for that. Come here, baby. 
Kitty, 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 kitty. They do look cute. They, I don't. I haven't heard stories about him ripping your face off, so I, I don't I, know. I've never heard a story of a koala being attacking somebody. That might be weird news next week. Maybe y'all have yeah. seen that. But yeah, send that part. one over to Jamie for next week. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, before we get to our first guests, we have uh, several guests today. We're going to talk about state line tech. You know, it's still time to shop. And uh, of course, you want to get your shopping done early. I heard that UPS is even turning away packages from retailers now. They have a quota. They're only allowed to ship so many because they're so busy. And the, the FedEx guy just came in. There were two people in the truck. He ran from the truck to my porch, through the box, and ran back to the truck. So uh, they're a little busy right now. Uh, so Hope it wasn't fragile. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that too. Uh, Stateline Tech right now has a, they have an easy way to shop. First of all, they have 50% off Himalayan rock salt. That's expensive stuff. And I went there and the Himalayan rock salt, you can get a pound block of Himalayan rock salt right now for $2.49. Uh, it is cheap right now. So check the seven pound block is $9. And that's, uh, that, that's like 50% off. So check out that number one. And also they have a section called gifts for, uh, for every budget. If you go there, they make it really shop, easy to shop for gifts for certain budgets. They have under $25, 25 to 50, 50 to 100 and splurge worthy. They call it. I wanted to look at splurge worthy because I figured that's where Jamie would be shopping and Chad would have to explain to Chad later why she spent so much money. And there are a lot of expensive jewelry on there. Um, I told y'all, here's what you do is you make your own shopping cart and you hand it to them and you say, I did this shopping cart for you on Stateline Tag and it's right here and I sent you the link and then they can just pick and choose what they want to get out of the shopping cart. Well, Splurge Worthy has four pages on it and uh, we have to make sure Jennifer doesn't see it. She has a purse fetish. She really likes purses. She never uses them really, but she likes them. So we have a collection and there are some horsey purses in there that are regularly of three hundred eleven dollars marked down to one hundred ninety five dollars, and if she sees that, she will say, uh, "Do a Jamie on me and say, well, it's like it's practically free.' It's, I mean, that's great savings. Yeah. Where can yeah. I find the splurge worthy <laughs> segment? Uh, just go to statelinetech.com and click on the big banner on the homepage that says uh, gifts for every price range, and you'll find that there. I was actually looking in the under twenty five dollar range myself, but uh, I'm sure that's not where Jennifer was looking. So you can find something for everybody under $25. It'd be perfect for those. Uh, Splurged worthy. There it is. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, uh, yeah. That I think Kelly under 25 is perfect. All you horse husbands out there, I think that would qualify. I think that's good. I would wear that as an engagement ring. I told Chad that Kelly, there's a Kelly Heard ring. It's like the three diamonds across. And then in between the three diamonds, there's like a rose gold diamond horseshoe and and it's all like not real diamonds so it's like no blood diamond i think i would wear that now <laughs> uh, without a diamond like you know what i don't need a diamond anymore if we were to get engaged now i'd be like give me this one well more and more people are wearing those what are they like not plastic but rubber wedding rings so they actually have I, a I, wedding ring on. is that what yeah. you wear yeah because i don't wear my ring around because you know i don't want to get caught and stuff or dirty outside because i have a nice wedding ring now we got new ones for ourselves after 30 years that actually fit it's like now i don't want to wear it <laughs> yeah I'll go to amazon and you can get their um their their oh gosh what's the word they're like rubber but um they're not so uh, you wear it all the time that's what i wear yeah. so if it gets caught on something it just tears or won't rip it your finger tears off yeah. and, tw and twice i've uh, they've they've been ripped off because you buy a packet and they're all different colors and so it comes with like 12 and so yeah i've lost a couple of them but you know what i didn't lose my finger 
Well, our first guests are brought to you by Black Rains. Of course, Black Rains brings us guests every month, and uh, they're u- usually fantastic guests, and I have no doubt today is going to be the same. We have two guests bro- joining us. I'm going to introduce Brooke first. She is Executive Director of Sprout. We're going to find out what that is, and then Maurice is going to join us, who's Executive Director of an organization called Serve Your City. Brooke, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us, what is Sprout and where are you located? Um, Yeah, so we are a nonprofit organization located in Aldi, Virginia. And um, we work to change lives through partnerships with horses. Um, We are 10 years old, and so we've been at this for a little while. And um, Sprout means to grow. So we're always looking for growth. Um, Over the years, you know, we started with um, adaptive riding program. It was known as therapeutic riding at the time, but we've expanded to include adaptive carriage driving, um, something called hippotherapy, which is physical, occupational, or speech therapy on the horse, um, and then different um, equine-supported learning opportunities as well. So just um, working with horses to impact the lives of people in our community. You're, you're underselling your, your uh, credentials a bit. Um, <laughs> you're a PATH certified instructor, but also a certified mentor with, uh, with PATH too, right? Yes, yep. So I started off um, wanting to be a vet and went to college at the University of Delaware thinking that that was my path in life. Um, so always rode horses, rode on the team in college, and then... Um, got a degree in pre-veterinary medicine, and then just kind of had an awakening one day and realized that medicine is something that I'm not really great at, but I do (laughs) love horses, so (laughs) thought that, you know, I would um, pursue horses as a hobby and um, went into teaching as a profession, so um, went ahead and got my master's in education and teaching and taught for the school system for a few years. And then um, lo and behold, one day I was approached by a family member to start an organization that combined it all. And that was when I understood more of the big picture in my life and kind of where that was leading to um, to be a part of horses' lives and, and continue to love them and be friends to them, but also share that with um, with people. So I'm, I'm very thankful to be a part of this. And yeah, just jumped in. Are, are you? You're in Northern really Virginia, then. Is that where you're located? Like yeah. North, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And w- was your dad yeah. really happy you decided not to do medicine before you went to medical school, so he didn't have to pay for that too? I'm just yeah. <laughs> I I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So Brooke, yeah. you you guys are doing great work there and have been doing it for a long time. But now you've partnered with an organization, and the reason I brought up Northern Virginia is you're you're near DC, and you've partnered with mm-hmm. an organization that Maurice runs. So talk about how that came about, and then we'll I want to hear more about from Maurice about what's happening over there in the city yeah so you know we are we're here to be a part of positive change and to be a partner with um with people through those processes and so you know with everything this year and just highlighting the the needs in our community and expanding out from you know all the i live on a farm 
I don't get out very much. I tell that to Maurice. And so I don't get off my farm all that often. Maurice, none of us get off our farms very often. It's a horse thing. (laughs) (laughs) My view of the needs was in my direct community. So like a very small area. And, um, and, but knowing that there is a city right near us and that there is, there's likely a need there. Um, when that became highlighted to me, it was like a no brainer that we would be able to partner together to expand our area of service and to be a part of a solution in, um, bringing, uh, youth that might not have an opportunity to experience Horses, something that, you know, means so much to, to me personally and being able to share that with, um, with people that, that might not have the opportunity to access it otherwise. All right. And so, before yeah, we get to that, to I'm going to interrupt there. here. Before we get to that, Maurice, okay. tell us about Serve Your City. What, what is Serve Your City? Because you do so many different things. Serve Your City is um, a stepping stone to the world that we all want in our hearts, a stepping stone to the world that all of us believe in and aspire to create. And so, you know, we've just decided to go ahead and, and, and create it uh, by doing whatever is necessary to ensure that, you know, all black and brown youth have the same opportunities as their white counterparts. And, you know, we do this in many ways, um, you know, both academically with academic support and, you know, obviously extracurricular activities, uh, specifically activities that, that had traditionally been, um, you know, cost prohibitive and culturally um, siloed uh, from the black community. And so we do that. And we also, of course, um, were the, kind of the lead organizational hub uh, for the Ward 6 Mutual Aid Network that has given out tens of thousands of masks and hand sanitizer and food on a daily basis, as well as making sure that all of our youth here in Washington, D.C. have devices and Internet access. And, and we fight to make sure that the city remains affordable uh, for the long-term uh, generational uh, born uh, into Washington, D.C. folks, which the city is becoming so unaffordable for so many. And so, yeah, we do a lot of things, um, but, hey, you know, we aspire for the society to be exactly what it states it wants to be. And so we, there's a lot of work in between that. And what better place to do a lot of work than on a farm? And so <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful... Yeah, we know about that. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, as you guys were talking about how you don't get out to the city often, and, and you know, it's interesting if you think about the history you know, black people here in this country, you know, our livelihoods, our lives, you know, revolved, revolved around um, farms and farm life. And, you know, through the transitions that we've had through the hundreds of years here, you know, the opportunity to expose these young people to kind of the essence of, of, you know, where we come from, that's what a farm Mm -hmm. represents. And, and so it's just, it's more than just, you know, I mean, obviously developing these relationships and the bond with animals and, and, and particularly horses is extremely special, but it also was bigger than that. You know, it's like, um, we're suffering from a lot of trauma 
and a, and a lot of anxiety, you know, given the COVID-19 crisis. And there is an uptick in a lot of violence in our communities here in the city. And to be able to literally go into a wide open space and, and look at God's creations and be able to see them, you know, directly without the, the noises of sirens and, and, and all types of noise pollution and, and concrete. Um, it's just, it has been such a, a healing process and, I just can't thank Brooke enough well, for we, opening and, the door. And Maurice, we take that for granted. I mean, we we take that for granted every day living on the farm here. I I do. You know, I I you know, every once in a while you stop and you you listen and you hear the birds and how amazingly quiet it is and and I don't notice how quiet it is until I go into town or a city, right? And then we go, "Wow, it's really noisy here." But you know, coming from the other side, I got a question for you. Do you have to talk the kids into this or is this something they want to do? Uh, it's a half and half story. You know, it's, you know, the, it depends on the, the kid, right? I mean, there are a lot of us that just has, they have, we have that genetic, uh, predisposition for adventure, right? And then there are some of us who are a little hesitant to, to learn things or being in, being in new environments that are unfamiliar. So it's a, it's a half and half story on that. But I, but I can tell you once they get out of the car, it's, it's a, it's a win-win. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> And, and, and I think that goes yeah. both ways, you know, in the same way I, you know, wanted to, to be a part of your life, Maurice, and, and the kids and um, that you serve, but wasn't quite sure how to do that. And so it's finding ways to come across those, you know, invisible lines. And so on my end, I, I, felt that as well. And so that's why I value this partnership so much. And I know that you do too, because we figured out a way to do it. Um, so I think a lot of people want to be a part of, a, a you know, a solution and, um, and they just don't know how to start and where to start. Do you- Maurice, have you gotten any feedback from the kids who have done it and gone back? Have they talked about it? Is it something they, they talk about with their friends and then their friends want to do it? Is there a word of mouth thing going there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but they recognize that, you know, space is limited. Opportunity is limited. And so they're excited to come back to the farm. And they will be demonstrating how how much the farm has meant to them and the horses that they form these bonds with. Um, in the interim, they're going to be demonstrating how significant uh, this opportunity has been for them. And, and literally, you know, they are getting opportunities that uh, the ma- majority of black and brown youth don't receive here in the city. And I think they're, they're very aware of, you know, how unique and how special this, this is. Ironically, my co-host Jamie uh, worked with uh, worked with inner city youth in Kentucky with mm-hmm. the Mustang program, and they ended up going to an inauguration in Washington, D.C. and riding there, right, Jamie? Did I remember that right? We were, it was the Mustang Troop, and we were in Clinton's second inaugural parade. <laughs> so, oh, wow. A bunch of wild kids and wild horses just marching down the, the streets. <laughs> it was great. 
So that's kind so of ironic. Cool. But yeah, I love these programs. And there's so many now popping up across the country. Jamie just did a veterans program at Monty Roberts out in California. And the veterans programs are amazing now involving horses. I think just more and, and more we're realizing what horses can do for, for kids and adults alike. Well, and they're doing a lead up program following that. I just couldn't stay that long. Um, but they do a, a, a program for at risk youth, you know, and it, it's just so amazing and powerful. Well, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. I know, Maurice, it's been a tough year in your city, especially. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of people lost their jobs, and you guys are helping feed people as well. So thank you for doing what you're doing. And, Brooke, keep on keep on helping uh, kids and adults alike uh, find the power of horses and healing. Thank you. Thanks thank for shedding so light on it. And it's sproutcenter.org, and it's serveyourcitydc.org. Those are the websites. I'll put them in the show notes as well. Merry Christmas to both of you, and hugs to everybody involved in your organization. Thanks for doing what you do. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Take care now. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, you know, it, we, we try, we're trying in December here to highlight people that are doing good because there's so much crap going on right now. Uh, so right there in our nation's capital, it's not all about politicians. There's somebody doing yep. good. Mar- <clears throat> you know, and I didn't want to mention this because I want to embarrass him when he was here, but Maurice uh, didn't have an easy... His dad was in jail. His mom worked multiple jobs and was on public support. He... He ended up, uh, through his own initiative, being his first male to attend college, eventually earned a master's degree and started this program in the 2000s to help out. And it's now one of the biggest programs to help feed and also keep, you know, kids out of the system in Washington, D.C. So Maurice is an amazing guy. You know? I mean, that's and, rising up and then giving back. And, yeah. And it's in, in the most. Form. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So good job for both of them. And also, thank you to Black Rain's magazine. Magazine for, of course, bringing us terrific guests. It's Black Rains Magazine. You can just Google that and you'll find it. They also have Black Rains TV, and we love working with them, and we have for a couple of years. Happy, uh, happy uh, Christmas and Merry Christmas to everybody over at Black Rains as well. Next up, and happy holidays, all the holidays. Because yes. I think on Friday, doesn't Hanukkah start on Friday? I don't know. Okay, we're going to have to get track this year. (laughs) This year's been a blur, and it still is a blur. Uh, But yeah, so happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all of that stuff. Next up is our Equiderma Guest of the Week. I would like to welcome our next guest to the show. Her name is Emmy, and you can say your last name, Emmy. Go for it. It's Sperandio. A lot of people get it wrong. Sorry. Uh, well, I, I that's what I thought, but I didn't want to mess it up. Unlike my co-host, who will just mess everybody's names up. So uh, I wanted you to say it. So uh, Sperandio, and you have what is uh, you're living kind of an interesting life. Tell everybody about yourself and the adventure that you're currently on. Right. So I live out of an RV. Um, I have been for almost a year now. I travel to different ranches, um, and I also work in tech. So my most dreaded question is usually, what do you do for a living? Or (laughs) Because I never know what to say without giving a really long-winded answer or too brief of a response. So um, I've been all over the place this past year, um, and now I'm currently down in Florida. And what are you doing down in Florida? Um, I'm at my parents' place. I am just kind of taking a break. 
it can be kind of exhausting traveling all the time. And um, so I needed a break and we have horses down here too. So I'm still riding and creating and working. So, so you hopped in this RV a year ago and you're like, I'm just going to go drive around and like work at ranches. And tell me, tell me what made you get in the, in the RV? So it's, it seems really reckless thinking about it now because it was not (laughs) planned at all. (laughs) I literally went on Facebook and I was like, this seems like a really good idea, but I might really regret it. We'll see. Um, so I left, I was living in Oregon for a couple of years and then I went to work on a ranch in Montana for what was supposed to be a month and ended up staying for three months, um, because of, you know, pandemic and I really liked it there. And, um, so I had this, this idea of like, I want to keep traveling and I want to keep going to ranches, but I really want my own space while I'm doing that instead of living in um, a bunk house, else's or, house. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, what if I bought an RV? Cause it's something I've always wanted to do, you know, like RV van life seems super cool and interesting and I can go camp in between gigs and stuff. So I went on Facebook and went on the marketplace and found an RV and didn't really tell anyone what I was doing, but um, my my coworkers in Montana were hyping me up a lot. So I was like, this is great. This is a really good idea. Yeah. (laughs) My friends are like, she's losing her mind. Because you bought a a travel trailer, right? You bought a tag along, right? I did. Yeah. yeah, Because I already had a truck. Um, So I was like, this is good because then I can just unhook it wherever I'm going and use my truck for you know, whatever I need to, if I need to use it for ranch work or whatever. Okay. So I bought a little trailer and it was just, you know, it's a little cheap Jayco that I, it's not nice. (laughs) (laughs) You're not uh, in my budget. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I know what that's like. We have a, I have a brand new one sitting outside my window that we got last weekend, a travel trailer. New to you. uh, New to (laughs) me. Yeah. One year old, but it, it, uh, we know what it costs. It ain't cheap right now. And everybody is taking up the RV full-time life. You, you've probably met a thousand people now that are doing this. Yeah. Well, I haven't really met a lot of them on the road, but I've seen just from social media, I mean, I think a lot of people right now are working remotely and they've always wanted to do something like this. And now is the perfect time to be a digital nomad, which is kind of what I do too. So it's kind of overwhelming for the other people who are doing it because it's like, all right, this is kind of getting overcrowded now, but it's also really cool because all of these people who are usually tied to their desk are out experiencing life and seeing other places. So yeah, I'm kind it's of happy awesome. For them. It's a great idea. Now, uh, you have half a million followers on TikTok, I was informed. Now, uh, I'm not a TikTok person. Yeah, we're I'm, too old for that. We're too old for that. <laughs> I mean, if you're over 19, you know, you feel like you're too old for that thing. So, so um, half a million followers on TikTok, that apparently, according to the 18-year-old that lives in my house, is a really big deal. And that is a ginormous <laughs> number. And what is that? What does that mean? What What is it's like having Instagram followers. Is there, can you monetize things? What are you posting? What are people seeing? I need to know about this TikTok sensation. Yeah. So, um, I am pretty new to TikTok too. I actually, I had it for a while and I was always too scared to post. 
And then when I started working on these ranches, I was like, I feel like people would want to see what I'm doing. It's kind of cool. And so I made this like secret account and I was like, I'm just going to post horse stuff for my horse people. And I didn't tell any of my friends about it, nothing. And it started getting popular and I was like, that's cool. (laughs) I mean, I guess I, I do interesting things and it kind of put it into perspective. Like, yeah, I mean, people are interested in my life, which is a weird concept to me. Like, <laughs> I'm living it, so it's like, ugh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's but, every day to um, you. So what what are some of the cool <laughs> and interesting stuff that you're doing on the ranches that you're sharing? Uh, so it varies a lot by each place, but um, I started sharing when I was in Montana. Um, I was just on like a little homestead ranch in the Bitterroot Mountains there and I just shared um, snippets of my day or like a day in the life or I started getting um, pretty creative with it. I actually went to school for video production and I was I like, was going to say because I watched some of your TikToks and they're well done. I mean, you could tell you're a video editor. <laughs> yeah, you. it's. Uh... Thank you. I appreciate that. And so, yeah, I started using some of the skills I learned in school, which I was pretty proud of because it's like, you know, it didn't completely waste my degree. (laughs) (laughs) Your parents feel better about it now, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So, Um, so, so so money, is there there money in TikTok? Like, uh, can you monetize your videos like you do on YouTube or anything like that? Or is this just purely just uh, something that you're doing for you and 500,000? Yeah, you can. (laughs) um so they have a creator fund now which i'm a part of and it's not super rewarding but it you know nor is anything in the horse world (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then i actually just started getting some paid gigs which is really amazing um and i'm really excited about because i'm like i don't know it sounds really stupid to say i'm passionate about what i'm doing on TikTok, a social media app, but it's really fun for me. And I love creating videos and I love sharing it with people. And I love the community that I've created there. Cool. So it's really rewarding for me to be able to get some money for the work I'm doing there because it does take time. And even though it's fun, it's, you know, I, I, I treat it like a part-time job with the amount of time I spend editing and um, right. You know, thinking of content and stuff like that. And Jamie, so. it, it doesn't hurt that she's very photogenic, too. That I was going to say, it's at Steady Rain, R-E-I-N, if you want to check it out. Now, Emmy, uh, you are also our Equiderma guest of the week. So what is your Equiderma product of choice? Ooh, I love the lotion. I've been using it on my horse's face. He got a little bit of rain rot, and that's helped a lot. I've also used the um, the thrush paste. It worked so good for my horses in, like, just a couple of days because um, we have a mini here, and he always gets thrush around a um, certain time of the year. So I started using it when I got home, and it works really well. I've been – everyone thinks I'm, like – a walking ad. I'm like, no, I'm not getting paid for it. I just like, <laughs> like this stuff. I'm like telling my farrier. So yeah, I love their products. And they just sent me some stuff for my dog too. So I'm really excited to start using that as well. <laughs> well, and that is equiderma.com, E-Q-U-I-Derma.com. And uh, you can find 
Emmy at SteadyRain.com or her TikTok handle is at SteadyRain. And I appreciate it. Where where are you off to next or are you done? I'm not done, but I haven't made plans for where I'm going next. So I'm going to be taking a holiday break. Yeah. With all this work and money you're making, maybe an upgrade in trailers too. Uh. Oof. Maybe. (laughs) I think I would prioritize my truck first so that I'm not stranded somewhere. I would rather be stranded or not stranded in a bad trailers. Well, I'm also going to be contacting you because we're planning a road trip to visit listeners this summer of a month or six weeks or whatever. So I might be contacting you for some pointers here with uh, with our camper. So I'll let you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love talking about it. And I I totally learned everything on the go by myself. (laughs) The hard way. Yeah. And I've made a lot of stupid mistakes and I still do. So I love talking about those stupid mistakes. So, yeah, absolutely. Another interview for another time, and we'll let everybody know what not to do and what to do, okay? (laughs) For full-time RV. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, Emmy. And thanks, Equiderma. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Jamie. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, too. Bye. Yeah, there's a reason the popular people are popular. They have personalities like her. You know, yeah, she's yeah, just yeah. delightful. Yeah. <laughs> just delightful. I, I, I feel like she's at a low point. She's like, I need a holiday break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, done. I think traveling for a year would it would be it would get old. God. You know, it would. Yeah, totally. Especially if you're by yourself. I don't know. That's a lot of time to spend. Like I think of our listener Jessica, who also does this, but at least she's got her husband with her, and they can kind of like but maybe make that plans gets old and... sometimes. That's <laughs> uh, true, but she. Wouldn't I mean, say we that to we me. spent a weekend in the camper in our our driveway last weekend and it's small you know it's small and uh, i can see full time you would need breaks at, but he goes in jessica's case traveling full time in the living quarters of the of the horse trailer which is even smaller they do take breaks from each other because she stays back and he goes out and climbs mountains for a week so i think you'd need that too that uh, I do. That's why she endurance rides to get the heck out of there. So you get that all the time because he goes away and flies for three days. You get that all the time. It doesn't mean I like it, (laughs) but again, it's not. But you have a big house too. The tiny home, yeah. yeah. Bye bye. See you later. Okay. Bye. I don't know. I think that would get old. I think you would need a break. Uh, I need a break from the farm right now. We're we're going away this weekend. We're trying the camper out for real this weekend at a campground. So uh, we, we both need a break getting away from the farm here for a little bit. Taking the puppy? While. We're taking the puppy. The puppy's going with us. The puppy actually adapted quite well to the camper. We, last weekend, we did the test run mostly for her benefit. And uh, she just went in there and laid down. And she was really happy because she's in the same room as us, whereas normally she's not allowed say, in her bedroom. She's got Jen- yeah. Jennifer in the same uh, room. She so. loves Jennifer more than I do. That dog loves Jennifer. Not me so much, but <laughs> Jennifer. Wait, hold on. She loves Jennifer more uh, than you love uh, Jennifer? She obsesses over Jennifer endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer oh, leaves the house and she is at the window for an hour staring. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. She is a she's a girl's dog for sure. Hi! Pickles. My name is Chopped Liver, and yes. I'm your dad. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's what it is. Well, everybody, speaking of Jennifer, she'll be back here with Mary tomorrow doing a little training episode, and then we're going to have some really bad ads and more fun here on Friday. Uh, so join us then. But uh, auditors, hang on. We're going to chat for a little bit about horses, right? You went shopping. Horses, baby. I didn't go shopping. I might be going. Oh, got it. Okay. Everybody loves Jamie's horse shopping stories. We're going to be doing that coming up. Thanks, everybody. 
Peter Gow. There you go. Thought you forgot. Started thinking about horses for sale.